Welcome to the Lady Up and Don't Quit podcast. I'm your host, Diane Michael. So glad you're here today. How are you? How are you doing out there in the world? Is life beating you up a little bit? Well, you're in a safe place here and you're in an inspiring place. We've got so much great content coming your way today with our guest, Becky Bain of Becky's Graphic Design here in Nashville, Tennessee. We're not talking about graphic design today. Today, we're talking about bootstrapping it. We're talking about the grit and the glory of bootstrapping. And for those of you out there that are hustling and you're, you know, you're trying and you're just feeling like, you know, things are taking too long or the the money is drying up or there's a drought or you just want to run back to a day job, this is for you. Hang in there. Don't go anywhere. Hope is on the way. Have you ever noticed that no matter how many spa days you take, or even if you're on the massage table, how sometimes it's hard to turn your brain off? And the minute you get off the table, about an hour or two back into real life, it's like you're right back into the full stress mode again. I think that that is so common. That happened to me for years. Isn't it time to break that cycle? We've got to settle our mind down. That's where the struggle is. That's where we're having a hard time. That's where we're getting stuck. So come away with me on retreat to Safety Harbor, Florida in January and say no. Stop drinking the Kool-Aid to all of that mind traffic, that mind noise, and learn to have a peaceful mentality no matter what's going on around you. See you on retreat. You can get all the details at ladylikeleaders.com slash retreat. All right, ladies, I'm so happy to welcome Becky Bain to the show today. Hi, Becky. Welcome. Hi, Diane. It's great to be here. So good to have you. Y'all, I'm so excited about what, Bec- what Becky's going to share with you guys today. She, we, We're going to spend a lot of time today talking about bootstrapping and grit. She and I both know a lot about this subject, and I want you guys to hear from her how she built a very, very successful graphic design business from literally the ground up. And Becky, let's start real quick by just letting them know what you are actually able to offer now, which is really a separator from so many graphic designers. So share a little bit with them about, about your, you know, your menu of services. I have three very distinct things that I do. Thank you, Diane. I, I, I work with vis- uh, small businesses to do visual branding and logo design. I work with authors to do book design and formatting of their interiors and their covers. And then I work with um, organizations like corporate and nonprofit that need to have an in-house designer, but not on the payroll. So I basically, we, we set up a retainer that I work with them and do a lot of their work um, for annual reports and marketing campaigns and product design, things like that. Sometimes authors need branding. They also need printing for sales literature that goes along with the book formatting that I do. So um, they kind of all work together, but they're separate. And something that I've always found very impressive about you is your ability to translate the designs that you create into all different kinds of media platforms and in online and print medium. This is something that's a a whole different skill set than design itself, isn't it? It certainly is. And I think that is definitely something that sets me apart. I started as a hand letter. I hand lettered grocery ads with an inkwell and a pen nib. And wow. out to make correct errors. <laughs> so going from that to the early 90s, I heard about this thing called desktop publishing, and it involved this thing called a computer and something about a mouse, and I had to go to the library to figure <laughs> out what those things were. And you know, I love my small-town librarians who were like, okay, you tell us what books you need, and we'll order them and get them in here for you. So I learned from the ground up, literally, I had no idea. And my boss was like, I don't know why you're paying attention to that. It's just a fad. I said, no, I don't, I don't think so. So I quickly learned that I needed this thing called a computer. I brought it in, learned on my own, no Google, very few books. A lot of, they did a lot of magazines back then. And we just had this newsletter thing that came in the mail that would give us information. But these days, we just go to Google and type in our question. But it set me up for self 
teaching and learning from on my own, figuring things out and learning technology as it developed. And believe me, when I say we had to learn, everybody was learning at the same time, which came, gave us a real equal plane. So I've, always, I've learned from that experience not to be afraid of a new challenge. It will mm-hmm. figure it out. You know, one of the things I'd love to ask you about, you know, backing up for just a minute when you said that you really felt like it wasn't a fad and you were really motivated to learn. Um, Mm -hmm. That is something that, you know, I'd love to know, where did that come from? Where did that, where did that drive come from to actually put in that time and effort to learn it? So my passion centers on my need and desire and, and just my heart wanted to be home with my kids while I was raising, while we were raising our children. I wanted to find a way to earn money and work from home. There's nobody doing that really. It was, it was like home-based business was frowned upon back in the day. You were not considered professional. So the reason I kept at it was because I was so passionate. My, my sweet sister-in-law aligned me with a, um, an interview to go to sit and be an administrative secretary for a big company. I literally remember walking in and going into the small little room with a typewriter, the real kind typewriter, and <laughs> figuring and going through it. It was literally a typing test. And I sat there almost in tears. I'm like, I do not want this. This is not who I am. I can't mm. be sitting in a room typing hours upon hours every day. And I, I don't think I purposely failed the test, but I didn't. I did not get the job. Thank the Lord. And yeah. Because that would have totally changed my direction. So I just knew every day I had to figure out a way to earn, to get a little closer to earning that income on my own from wherever it meant. And I I was just driven to do it because I wanted to be there for my kids. Well, that's what I'm hearing is you had a, a very intentional why. And that's where it's got to start. I love Simon Sinek. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of his and his book, Start With Why. And that will give you the fuel. You know, there is nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, and I want to just point out, there's nothing, you know, good or bad about maybe someone who does decide to, you know, take a different path and where daycare does play a role. Absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not. But it's just where where your why landed was that drive to be, home with your children and to be able to um, figure it out, figure out how you could, you could bring your why to fruition. And let me back up a little too, is I had another why. I have and still have severe migraines. For me to hold a job would have been very difficult. So Mm, I I needed, there was two reasons. I had to be, I was passionate about being home with my kids. And I really was afraid that there were, you know, there were days I'd be in bed. So holding a regular nine to five job would not have worked for me. So I had yeah. to find a way to do it a different way. And lots and lots of times I worked at my computer, very sick, but I was able to go take a nap for 20 minutes or something and help me get through it. Those two things really made it work for me and made me so driven to figure it out. Yeah. I love that. You know, this grit that we talk about, uh, we're going to get into more of it here in the, in the second segment, but I'd just like to touch on it for a minute. Uh, you know, this what it takes to actually pull it off you know when you're starting it from nothing and there's like you said there's no template for it or there's no there's no road um, map yeah you know you're just yeah. kind of figuring it out as you go talk about that a little bit for a minute what that was like for you well I didn't know what I didn't know and that kind of helped getting to the point of pushing myself forward saying Today, I'm going to accomplish this. Number one, I had to figure out the software. I had to figure out how to work this computer with those little disk drives you had to push in. And, you know, the floppies, remember the floppies that you had to push into the computer and save your file to that? And sometimes they didn't work, and then you'd lose everything. Or just understanding, um, I had no idea the cost that would be involved in having to order new software every 18 months back in the day. And, you know, a new computer every two to three years and all that kind of stuff. That would have freaked me out if I thought about it at the time. But not mm-hmm. knowing that was a, was a good thing. Mm-hmm. And just doing one thing at a time. I remember for the longest time, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about networking later, but one of the things I had on my desk for the longest time was a little cutout ad about a women's networking group that was a women's business networking group, very specifically. 
And it freaked me out. I was like, oh my goodness, how am I? I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing. How can I go to this <laughs> business meeting? And I finally got the courage up. My husband was so supportive of me. You know, go, I'll take care of the kids, have a good time. Well, it was the best thing to go and talk to. It was a small group. There probably was 10 of us all together. To go and talk to women, they were like the the earliest pioneers in the self-employment industry, and they knew all about all kinds of things that I had no comprehension. And just sitting back and just listening, that was so important, and it was so encouraging, and it got me through to the next month. It was like, okay, these ladies did this. I can do this. Go back mm-hmm. a month later. They did this. I can do that. And you just get a little further each time. So the networking was such an instrumental part of, figuring out how to do things by listening to others who've gone through it already. Yeah. Rather than you reinventing the wheel, just getting a little mentoring. and I didn't even uh, know which wheel to invent. I mean, I had no clue. I didn't know anything <laughs> about bookkeeping. I didn't know anything about marketing. I, you know, it was just like I knew how to draw and I knew how to write with calligraphy pens. I was figuring mm-hmm. out how to put that into a digital world. I yeah. was determined to figure out this for myself. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, and I think that what you're saying is so true that the kind of the ignorance is bliss a little bit. Yeah, I think God prevents us from knowing everything sometimes, because if we did know, we'd be so freaked out. We'd be overwhelmed. We yeah, so overwhelmed. We would be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So it's better yeah. sometimes to just move forward day by day by day, and then take the time to look back every once in a while and say, Oh, look what I did. But if we don't stop every once in a while, you know, stop once in a while and just realize what you've accomplished and Mm -hmm. how far you've come. You have made a difference. You've changed the trajectory of where you're going and where your family's going because of the hard work that you put in. Yeah. And and just taking a minute to honor that. And Yeah. 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 It's, it's so true. It's so true. I think it's very driven high achieving women, whether it's because you are wired that way or you have a big enough why or whatever the reason, you know, it is really uh, a, a challenge for women to, um, to, to really appreciate uh, how far they have come because they're still always just looking ahead at how far they still have to go. Yeah. And, yeah. Stop and pat ourselves on the back once in a while and appreciate the yeah. fact that we have made a change and we've gone in the right direction. Even if it's just a t- couple of steps, we have gone forward. And that's exactly. something to be celebrate and be happy about. Somebody told me one time, they said, you know, you're, you climb one mountain and you're already on to the next higher one. You know, I wonder if, well, I've climbed this one. I wonder yes. what the next one. We're in that valley waiting to get to the next peak. We forget to look back at the mountain we just climbed. And, and that's right. where, you know, it's, it's just taking that time, especially, you know, if I'm looking at almost 30 years of work with my own business to stop and remember what it was like when I was back sitting at that desk trying to figure out how to work with all this page maker. You know, it was just like, wow, it's, we've come a long way. Yeah. All right, ladies. So we're going to take a, a short break here. And uh, when we come back in the next segment, we're going to talk about when that hard work and that grit begins to pay off. So uh, this will be a fun thing to talk about. So we'll be right back with Becky Bain from Becky's Graphic Design. I hope you're thinking about that retreat I mentioned. We are going to have the best time and it would be so great to have you there. Coming up in January, we'll be heading to Safety Harbor. It sits on five natural mineral springs. It was founded in the 1500s by a Spanish explorer, De Soto. And everything that you drink there is all derived from this mineral water. So you literally have healing properties pumping through your body all weekend. And not to mention the sunrise yoga stretches we're going to enjoy on the beach, the group coaching sessions to help open your mind up to new ideas, new concepts for tackling your business that will bring you a sense of calm and peace no matter what leadership challenge you're facing. Be stable, be present, and be very intentional about your year ahead. See you on retreat, ladylikeleaders.com slash retreat for all the details and to sign up. All right, ladies, we are back 
Lady Up and Don't Quit podcast. We are here visiting today with Becky Bain from Becky's Graphic Design, one of my favorite people on the planet. I really appreciate you joining me today, Becky. It's my pleasure. Thank you. So we are going to talk Mm -hmm. this segment about the practical things we can do when the money's not coming in and we want to, you know, we want to run back and cling to that day job. Um, Practical things we can do to make it rain, I call it. I will share this real quick before, before we go there. I remember one of the projects that I started years ago was a, um, a music production and which eventually evolved into a television show. But at the time when the, when the idea was just budding, you know, I had, you know, I've, I've had a simultaneous career as a consultant for many, many years, as most people know. And, you know, that was my bread and butter. That's what I knew. And that's what I could count on. I was great at it. Um, even though at the time I was completely burnt out and didn't want to do it anymore. And I was really trying to make space for this new idea and kind of like what you were talking about, you know, your new why had a different why. And I kept hearing in my spirit, I kept hearing God say to me, let go of the side of the pool, Diane let go of the side of the pool. And I'm like, what is that? Oh, that's great. <laughs> and I had a, a really close girlfriend who I really trusted her judgment. You know, she was very grounded. And I went over to talk to her about this one day and I was frustrated with her because she was sitting there sketching something on a piece of paper while I was talking to her. And I'm like, Candy, I'm trying to talk. I mean, this is like really important. You know, I need you to kind of pay attention. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I uh-huh. said, I said, I just keep hearing this in my spirit, I keep hearing, let go of the side of the pool. And she just, her eyes got really big and she turned around her sketch and she said, Diane, I'm sitting here drawing a pool and I have no idea why I'm drawing it. She said, but this is what I was hearing for you. And Mm -hmm. so it just kind of gave me that confirmation. First of all, it completely freaked me out. Uh, But sure, that was so powerful for me uh, to have that confirmation because it's very tempting to run back to what we know when things look scary or they don't, or we don't know how they're going to work out or we don't know if it's going to actually um, come to fruition. And when it's dry and when it doesn't, it doesn't look like it's panning out, it's easy to run back to what's safe, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. I always have my, um, my check moments where I'm like, okay, in my life, what have I done besides this that I could go back to? Hmm. I worked at McDonald's at four dollars and twenty-five cents when an hour when I left, and <laughs> that's what I, was, I knew. I was like, okay, do I want to do that? Nope. All right, we'll keep going. Let's go forward. Let's get better <laughs> at what we're doing. You know, it was just that it, you just have to have that moment of okay, that's a reality check of what are the other options? And sometimes there are are other options or a different direction that you can go with your business that you need to look into and explore. It's just hard sometimes. So just keep moving forward. Let's talk about some ways that they can move forward. Let's, uh, again, I love to be very practical when, you know, when we're, when we're helping ladies. And so (laughs) what are some of the things that you did that helped to bring about, you know, some income when, when it was dry and barren? Well, I think there's always some times when you're, you've been working on projects for a while and you suddenly realize that you've done with those projects, they've paid, and there's nothing in front of you right now. And it's, it's a process that I've learned over the years that you do have to keep marketing yourself or networking at all times because when you stop, you're going to get to a point three months down the road where it's like, okay, where's all the business that I was supposed to be having at this point? But sometimes yeah. it's just that we've fallen off the radar of people. And sometimes it means that you have to go back to your existing clients and just have conversations with them. You know, are, are they aware of everything that you do? Nothing is more insulting than seeing a client you've worked with go and do with someone else the service that you could have provided for them because they didn't know you did it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just, some, you know, some people were like, they would have me do one piece of work and then a month later I'd see them working with someone else. It's like, but I could have done that for you. And that comes back to your marketing and your, your client relationships. And, you know, email marketing these days is so easy to keep your, what you do in front of your existing clients and keep that um, energy going so that they understand the many different things you can do to help them. But they don't understand everything you do. So make sure you're telling your clients, my services include this. Can I help you with that as well? 
Yeah. And it can be very conversational, you know, um, yeah, just very, definitely. just, it's, it just comes back to you and communicating and informing them uh, right. so that they're not in the dark and that they're not unaware. Right. And I think women have a really hard time with the word selling. You know, they, yeah. they don't want to, they're so sensitive about that. Uh, not all women, but a lot of women that I see really struggle with, uh, with saying too much or that, cause they don't want to come across as pushy. They don't want to come across as, you know, intrusive. So yeah, they kind of hold back a little bit and they just kind of solve an immediate need, but they don't always raise their hand and say, Hey, I could also do this. I could also do that. Uh, so yeah, I think you're so right. Um, what did it look like for you, uh, specifically, I'd love to hear maybe some specific examples on ways that you let people know about these other services you could do. Like how did that conversation look or what did you do? Going in and having a conversation with them in person or having a phone call, giving them something, ideas, something else to think about of how they can use the work that we've just done into a different way. And believe me, my clients love it when I do that because they just, Mm -hmm. either they're, they're tunnel focused on what they're doing or they haven't even thought about the fact that they can repurpose this content that we've just developed into multiple different things beyond that. So it's thinking outside the box for them. And it's mm-hmm. thinking beyond today of what you could be doing with this work. And especially when you're saying, we've done that work. It's not going to take that much more to do this piece and this piece and this piece and this piece. And they love it. It's like, oh, my goodness, that's awesome. Can, you know, can we do that for Facebook? Can we do that for Instagram? Can we, you know, and it's so possible these days mm-hmm. to get so much leverage out of one piece. I think the conversation that they love is when you're thinking outside the box for them. They're just yeah. too tired just to be thinking for themselves. So to yeah. help your clients out, push them a little further with your ideas. And at, at that point, it's just a conversation. It's just a suggestion. They don't have to do it. You're just offering them we can do more with this. What about this? And they might not do it immediately, but they'll, you know, think about it in two months and say, Hey, can we take some of that content and do this with it now? Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, uh, I'm feeling a need to interject this real quick that we need to release the outcome about it. Yes. If they don't buy right now, or if they, you know, seem to kind of poo poo the idea a little bit, um, it doesn't mean that it's a reflection on you. It's just that idea. Sometimes I think it takes a while for, for that idea to come back around or for that idea to fit into their, their season of life or whatever it might be. So, you know, I think it's important to disconnect a little bit from, you know, from whether or not they bite um, and, yeah, and do and not take that personally. Yeah. You're, you're providing value to them and you're educating them on your, what you're capable of. Like when you're ready, consider this. And I don't have any problem giving that away, the ideas, because it's going to come back and help me in the end. It's a value Mm -hmm. I'm giving my clients that's going to benefit me, even if it's not that specific client. It helps generate ideas for other clients. So it's it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Sometimes a lot Mm -hmm. of it is just showing up. I was having a conversation the other day with some people at an early breakfast and, you know, all of us from different industries, different walks of life. And, and, you know, we were all just joking. We were saying, well, this is the difference. You know, this is why we're successful because we're willing to get out of our right. cozy bed on a cold morning and yeah. show up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I would say people who are bootstrapping it right now, or people who are in a drought right now, keep showing up, just keep showing yeah. up, be, put your face out there, be top of mind. Just sometimes I have to tell myself, literally, I have to like say out loud, Diane, get out of this bed. Absolutely. <laughs> you, know, you are going. So, and we're getting into that season where it's so dark in the morning and it's, you know, it's cold and it's damp and it's wet. And you're like, I don't want to get out of bed right now. But honestly, oh, yeah. I'm, I've, I, I pull myself, push myself to go. And I always, I can say now, because I've done it so many times, you know, when you get back in two hours that you're going to be so much more invigorated and excited about what you're doing. You're going to meet someone and speak to them for the first time. You're going to, you know, you're going to make those connections that you need to make that are going to benefit you in the end. So get yourself out of bed and get yourself moving. And it, you know, it, it works and it's always worth it for me. 
you never know the conversations you have with those and those networking opportunities, how they're going to play out in the end. Because you're building trust. You're building the friendships, the trust, the people understand what you do a little bit more each time you talk to them. You yeah. get to know them on a, a more personal level so that they begin to see that they can like you and then they want to work with you. And that doesn't happen overnight. It's consistently going and being there and putting yourself in front of people before you yeah. actually have the, the trust factor built up so that they will trust you with their business. Yeah, and you know, one other thing before we break here on that, kind of piggybacking on that is, you know, people think, oh, well, I need to be somewhere different all the time. I need to be meeting different people, different people all the mm -hmm. time. And I think mm -hmm. it's good to it's good to meet different people, yes, but go back and frequent the same places too, so that like you're saying, you're you're then getting to know people on a deeper level. Every time you go, they get to know you a little deeper and you know, go to those places that where where you're able to build on the last time you were there and don't expect that they're going to do business with you the first time they meet you. It's it, no, I always say it's kind exactly. of like dating. You're not going to marry somebody yeah. after the first date. They yeah. there needs to be a, a relationship that's developed and those relationships are key, absolutely key. I don't care what business you're in unless it's an e-commerce business where they never meet you. But outside so, of that, it's all about relationships. I really believe in purposeful networking. Sorry to interrupt, but yes, no. purposeful networking to me is you have to make sure that where you're going and meeting new people are people that are actually going to have work for you. And that seems a little callous at times to, you know, I'm purposely going there because I'm looking for business. But that's what you're doing. You don't right. have time as a, as a self-employed person to be spending your time in a social gathering yeah. of, that's not going to bring you any work. Now, if you're going out to have social, that's fine. But when you're networking to build your business, you have to make sure that the people that are there are actually going to provide you with work. And I've had to stop going to some places because it wasn't providing me the, the, quantity, the quality of people that I was looking for. It wasn't the right industries or it wasn't the right size businesses that were going to, to actually bring work to me. So that became, you know, I was no longer going to that kind of networking. Everything I do has a purpose. And so it, when, you, when you focus on that, you're also going to focus on building the relationships with the right people so that you can get the work down the road with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so smart. All right. We're going to take one more break. And when we come back in our last segment, I'd like to build on this networking idea and let's talk through specifics again on how, how to show up strong, how to cultivate those relationships and what can come from them. All right. We'll be right back with Becky Bain of Becky's Graphic Design. Ladies, have you joined our private Facebook group yet? Ladylike Leaders on Facebook and come on into the conversation. We have all kinds of fun content in there. We're interacting with each other and we give you special opportunities to learn outside of the traditional teaching methods that are available to the public. So come join me, Facebook at our private group, Ladylike Leaders. See you there. All right, ladies, welcome back to the Lady Up and Don't Quit podcast. We're visiting today with Becky Bain from Becky's Graphic Design. And in our last segment here, we want to build on this idea of networking. I know networking can be a scary thing when you're first starting out. Uh, some of you listening, I know, have been in business for a while, and maybe you're an old pro at networking by now. But we want to just discuss the specifics, the practicality of what it means to show up, how to show up well, how to be purposeful and what these relationships can mean, how they can benefit your business. So if you are networking a lot right now, maybe maybe they'll, you'll hear something new uh, that can help you do it even better. Uh, but Becky, let's talk through a little bit of this. So we, we were talking before the break about how important it is to just show up and how important it is to understand that we're building on relationships. Somebody's not going to maybe buy from you the first time they meet you. But if you go back and you're, you're, cultivating a relationship how exactly do we do that like what you know you know what do you walk up and say how how do you build that relationship and you know the overwhelm when you're meeting so many people and you get so many cards you know how do you come back and make sense of that like let's let's talk through some of those specifics for a minute 
Absolutely. I know that networking can be so overwhelming. I, you know, I have learned how to do it. My dad was a salesperson, so he had a, a genuine um, way of talking with people that I learned from, and that helped a lot just to begin with. But it doesn't make it easy, even especially when you're tired and you're not, you know, it's like one more thing to do. But some of the tricks and things that I've done over the years is, number one, Walk into a room and find the loneliest person there. I'm <laughs> telling you, that's the best thing to do is find the person standing alone. Go over and introduce yourself and come up with three different questions, depending on what the organization is. You know, if it's a business networking group especially, I start with, what do you do? What's your business? How long have you been doing it? Get the conversation going to get them talking because then you don't have to. Give, the, give them this conversation starters to get going and let them do the, the work, the talking, and, and be genuinely interested in what they're saying. Have a yes. great conversation with them. Really pay attention to what they're saying. Get their card. Say their name to them so you remember it. Speaking their name out loud to them is the best way for you to remember who they are later. Yes. But the, <laughs> the other thing I do is I take the business card and I make a note. You know, something about what we had spoken about personal, whether it's, um, you know, how long they've been in business, you know, something that's going to help trigger a memory mm -hmm. so that I can remember who they are later. And then when I get back to my office, I, oft, I most often sit down and connect with those people on LinkedIn so that I have that, you know, a little bit more understanding immediately of who they are mm -hmm. and what they do. And it just helps your memory about things later. Yeah, and there's a, uh, a great app out there that I've been using uh, called Evernote. And uh, Evernote has been around for a while. I wasn't real impressed with it uh, when I first tried it years ago, but now they have really upped their game. And when it comes to business cards, it's great because you can put the app on your phone. You can take a picture of the card right there. You can speak into the notes section, you know, something memorable, and then you don't have to keep the card. You can just throw it out yeah, um, because you've right. got it on your phone and you can organize it. You know, like I have different folders, you know, I met this person at this networking event or yeah. I met yeah. I met him through mm -hmm. this person. These are colleagues. These are potential clients. These are, you know, strategic partners, whatever. And I have them grouped out like that so that that way, yeah, I can quickly pull them up when I, yeah. when I have a well, need. I'm such a visual person that I keep their cards. Of course, I don't want to throw away cards that I've designed too. So, you know, I keep their right. cards and I have the notes on them. I, I write down where I've met them and all that kind of stuff just to help me be triggered later to know who it is. And mm -hmm. then their LinkedIn has a part of their app that I'm still figuring out that will allow you to find people in your area, like the room that you're in that are also on LinkedIn and connect with them yes. that way. So yes, that's, that's a cool thing too. So mm -hmm. talk about ways to work with that. I think it's important when you're in the networking group to really, you know, work the room as much as you can, um, in a in a comfortable way, not you know purposely just jumping from one person to another, but have that first conversation with someone and then hand them off to someone, introduce them to someone else so mm -hmm. that they feel connected, and then go to the next person that you know either someone that you, you know that you want to say hello to or whatever. So you're consistently moving from one person to another. Sometimes we get stuck when we, we walk into a room, we meet the first person, and we're there the whole time with that person. Sometimes yeah. that's fine, but when you're there for business purposes, you need to make the connections all the way around the room. Yeah, as hard as you can. Yeah, without, yeah. It, without it seeming disingenuous. I think that's the exactly. key. Exactly, yes. Yeah. If there's a uh, a conversation that you're having, uh, you know, I I do like to work uh, to work around the room too when I'm when I'm at a networking event. Mm -hmm. But I mm -hmm. I don't beat myself up if I only met four or five people, you know. Oh, um, yeah. Because I think four or five is a great number, though. I mean, yeah. When you're in a room with a lot of people, if you can have four or to five solid conversations, but I think sometimes when we when we're nervous and we meet that first person, we just hang with them the whole time rather than <laughs> yeah. giving them the benefit of pushing them, you know, connecting them with someone else yeah. and then allowing yourself to connect with other people as well. Mm -hmm. So it, it's just, it's one of those things you learn as you do it. Um, yeah. It's just to move people through and make sure your body language allows other people that are walking in the room to come into your conversation. Yes. That's an important piece too, because remember, 
everybody's feeling nervous. I know you think you're the only one, but everybody <laughs> is. They are. So yeah. Yourself, yes. Put yourself in a position that allows other people to be comfortable coming up to you and talking with you as well. Yeah, being approachable, um, where your body mm -hmm. language and everything is making you very approachable. Uh, yeah, I right. see a lot of people at networking groups where they're in a circle of three or four people and it's very closed, you know. Yeah. One of the things yeah. I always try to do is kind of make a space, especially if I see someone kind of hanging outside the circle a little bit. I'll make Correct. eye contact with them and I'll motion them over, even if I don't know them. Exactly. I'll say, come join us, you know, come come join mm -hmm. us. And they feel mm -hmm. so um they feel so good Welcome. to be seen and acknowledged. Yeah. yeah. And right. to come into that. And it's just all about the genuine desire to connect. Yeah. Right. That's what you're there for. You're there to connect with people. Don't go into a room at, and go sit down at the table. That just signals that you're not interested in having a conversation. It's important mm -hmm. to put yourself, stand up and go to the other groups and, you know, find the group that's got the open area that someone's eye, making eye contact with you. Someone will and, and welcome yourself and walk into that group and just shake hands or, you know, have your, little bit of a spiel if you need to. I'm Becky Bain. I do graphic design. I've had my business for 27 years. And then yeah, take it just, from there. Just something quick. And, mm -hmm. and a couple of points on that, too, that I just would like to build on is, uh, you know, you're not there to sell, number one. No, um, no. You know, you're there to engage and yeah. so I think a lot of reasons why people get so nervous going into these there or why they come away feeling disappointed is because they feel like they didn't get a sale. And so it wasn't a successful right. event. And that is not, not, not why you're there. Now, eventually sales will naturally follow, you know, that, that will happen, but, uh, but you're not there to marry someone. You're there to date someone, <laughs> you know, well, again, I go back so to that. much of that. Right. So much of that is finding the right people that you want to make the connection with and asking them for a one-on-one -on -one to go out to have coffee. If you find someone that you know could be a, a great connection for you that you would eventually like to have a sale with, you have to go beyond just that initial engagement at the, at the networking meeting. That's only the beginning of the introduction. Go ahead yeah. and ask them if they would mind going for a one-on-one. You're still not necessarily going to sell that next time, but you're going to be that much closer because you're building that trust factor. You're building that connection. You're building that relationship. And I think it's so important to say there to just kind of plug in right there that it needs to be, you know, you need to look at it from their point of view too. Will it, will it be valuable for you and for them for that coffee meeting yeah. to happen? Um, I think that's something that a lot of people don't consider. And I think, too, uh, another thing that I feel led to interject here is that when you do walk up to someone and you introduce yourself, a big mistake I see a lot of people make is it's like they start downloading. It's like as soon as they get eye contact yeah. with someone, they start downloading every possible menu service item that they have in their business that they can mm -hmm. offer them. Mm -hmm. And you can see people's right. eyes starting to kind of glaze over and they're looking for an escape yeah. route, you know? Right. Um, all yeah, you're doing definitely. when you walk up is baiting them. All you want to do yeah. is bait them. You want to say enough where they say, tell me more about that, or how do you do that, or, or right. I'd like to learn more about that. It's just yeah, dropping perfect. hints. Mm -hmm. Yeah, clear, you know, mm -hmm. clear and concise bait is all you're doing. Right. And you'll be able to tell right away, like if that person leans in and they seem really mm -hmm. genuinely interested in that bait, then you probably have a trout on the other end of the line, you know, but there are a lot of catfish out there and you don't want them, you know? So well, that's another way you can tell. I think when you're working absolutely. through the room, you can tell who to spend your time talking with are the people who seem genuinely engaged with what you have to say, you know, or vice versa. And remember, remember the person that you're speaking to might not be their, your client, but they know your client. They right. know your target audience. Right. So you're giving them, just a taste of things that they can pass on. So how can you be concisely telling them what, who you're looking for as a target client, how you're, you know, what you're put yourself up to do, you know, introduce them to possibly your website or something like that. Very simple ways to show them that there is more to you that they can check and then pass on to someone who is exactly who you're looking for. Yes. But the idea being to not overwhelm them, to not overwhelm Absolutely. them, to not, just gush at the mouth, you know, with everything right. you can do. Um, so just very, uh, very delicately, 
you know, boldly in a sense, you know, you, you definitely want to put yourself out there and you want to be confident about what you have to say, but you want to just drip it in. You don't want them drinking from a fire hose. And it's not always about you getting a client. It's sometimes it's helping them get the client. Right. That they need. So it's, it's a give and take back and forth. It is. I always say that, you know, if you can help get somebody else's ball down the field, you know, then it always comes back. We're both in, in networking groups and, um, I want to talk about NABO here in just a sec, but BNI um, Business Networking International is a group that I belong to, and I know Becky, you visit there quite a lot. And we have a saying in there that givers gain. You know, mm-hmm. so when you're a giver, you gain business back. I was in a member of BNI for two years, and it was excellent. It trained me in so many different ways. It gave me a, a, a platform to speak at on a regular basis. It was a great opportunity to promote myself in a way that was in a safe environment with a group of people that really were there to support me, and it was just wonderful. And yeah. I know that you know, I know that you felt the same way with that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. Let's talk about NABO here as we wrap up today. Um, NABO is the National Association of Women Business Owners. And uh, Becky, you've been a member of of this chapter here in Nashville for how long? Since 2012. I finally found it in 2012. We moved here in 2009. And I built my business through women's networking organizations. So it was very important to me when I moved here to find a group of women that I could really um, continue to grow my business and, and really build my business here in Nashville. I had no uh, connections here, didn't know anybody here. So um, it was very vitally important for me to find something. And I, I checked in. There are definitely some positive things about some meetup groups that I got involved in. I, you know, eventually found BNI. But Novel has been my steady place where I have found collaborative partners, my sisters in, in business that are just all, we're all working hard to build our businesses. And that it, the level of professionalism is so vitally important in this organization. And it's, you know, we are there to do this, to build each other up as well as to build our businesses. Yeah. And women by nature are collaborative. You know, we mm-hmm. don't like to be, we don't like to live on islands. I mean, being an entrepreneur is lonely enough. Uh, it's, but, but if you don't have, opportunities to engage with other women who can relate to you. Um, I love that group because it is business owners. It's women business owners. It's not just people who um, are in a professional environment. They actually feel your pain. (laughs) They know what bootstrapping Mm -hmm. looks like, or they know what, you know, how important networking is. And so they're a lot more open and a lot more uh, accommodating and willing to collaborate, willing to share uh, I think in that particular, you know, group, um, NABO does a lot at the national level, and then there are chapters all throughout the country. And uh, Becky, I, I will share with you guys real quick. She was really instrumental in my Senate race, and uh, so Becky has been on the board of NABO for for a while. And about two years ago, I started feeling a stir in my spirit about you know to into public service. And I didn't really understand it. Um, I just started noticing that I had a heightened awareness around politics. And uh, it was not really something that I uh, expected. And one day out of the clear blue sky, Becky called me and she said, hey, I know this is out of the blue. (laughs) You remember that day, Becky? (laughs) Yes, I do. I remember very clearly. Like, I know this is kind of might sound kind of out of the blue, but um, we've got this seat open on our board for the political advocate. And we've all talked about it. We think you'd be great for it. Would you consider taking the seat? And I didn't have any idea what that meant. Like I had no idea how to even fulfill that role. But I told Becky, I said, I'm going to take it because I know that I'm being called into politics and this, you know, this aligns with, with that. Right. And I had no idea that that was stirring in your heart at that time. It was just, it seemed so logical possible way for you to get involved in NABO and it just seemed to be a fitting seat we really you know it was one of those things we didn't understand the significance of it and it was again moving one step at a time one step forward not even knowing where we're going we're just taking yeah. the next step and one we we're willing, and that that's huge <laughs> yeah it was it was crazy you remember the first couple of board meetings I'm like I don't yeah. even know what I'm doing <laughs> 
I can see your eyes across the room going, what are we talking about? What are we doing? How do we, you know, it's like, oh, dear. <laughs> you stuck with it and we kept going. And, you know, we've, we've learned so much and you've done such a great job of it. And it's, it's given us all a better appreciation of what NABO represents and what it stands for and how, how vitally important they are. And if I can just segue here a little bit, you know, NABO was very instrumental in creating the, um, the policy change, was it 30 years ago? Yeah, um, it was 30 years ago in 1988. 30 years ago. And okay, so they changed the policy that at the time, a woman-owned business had to have a spouse or a male relative sign a loan if they were getting a business loan. And that happened to me when I was early in the stages of my business. I was trying to get a loan for a large-scale printer because I didn't because of the way technology was at that point. I needed the larger print so I could have crop marks and stuff. It was a, like a three thousand dollar loan, and I went in and I knew the woman I was dealing with at the bank. We'd been in networking groups together, and she goes, "Well, you're going to have to have your husband sign the loan." I was like, "Okay." And at that time, I really didn't think too much about it, but it was like, oh, "I got to bring my husband in. He had to come in and sign the loan for us." For me to get this, I had at least three years of business at that point. That was, we had a positive ROI. We were growing. We were, it was going well, but I still had to get that signature on that loan. Mm-hmm. Now, it didn't stop me. I kept going, and it didn't make a big deal, but it, that is the significant of where business was for women back then and where it is today, and a lot of that has to do with NABO and the organization. Yeah, NABO was in uh, Washington advocating for women, and they lobbied, and eventually Ronald Reagan uh, signed the National Women Business Ownership Act. And uh, so it's just been since 1988, really, that women have been officially on the scene and able to operate fully in business on their own without a male co-signer. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it is huge, and, and NABO was behind that. And so what they do for us, they've got, we've got advocates in, in Washington every day as part of NABO that are up there trying to push women initiatives forward for business, women business owners. And so that just trickles down to the, to the local chapters. And um, we all, we work together. We go up there once a year and have a big advocacy day on the Hill and where all of us from the different chapters can come up and actually meet our lawmakers and senators, uh, you know, our, our legislators, we can actually have conversations with their teams and with them individually. It's an incredible force, really. Um, I know when we went this last year, we were told uh, by several of the other staffers, you know, you know, in the White House that this was the biggest turnout they had ever seen, you know, for mm-hmm. any group, um, much mm-hmm. less women owned businesses. So it was right. quite a presence we had there. Mm-hmm. this year. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it has, uh, it has led to just, you know, what Becky was saying, you know, you, you get in there, even when you don't really know what you're doing and it's one breadcrumb at a time, you take one step forward at a time. And when I said yes to that seat, that led to a call from the mayor's office here, wanting an advocate from, from NABO to represent them on the mayor's minority business council. So that put me at the seat of, uh, you know, to have a voice for NABO, have a voice for women in new procurement laws for our city. Yeah. And then that led to, you know, eventually to this Senate run. So it's mm-hmm. like I said, sometimes it's just about One showing up. It's, it's about yeah. agreeing to show up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I am, I am so proud of all of the success that you've had, Becky. And, you know, well, you. you are so so talented. I got to tell you guys, Becky is a one taker. I call her my one taker. I, I've sent numerous, numerous clients to her. She's done all of my logo design. All you know, when you see the lady up and don't quit, lady like leaders logos, all of that out there was done by Becky. Uh, but she is one of these people that uh, I have never ever had a client disappointed or come away not using her when they've when they've explored her services. And she gets it right the first time because she really is an active listener. She's trying very hard to understand what message you're trying to put out into the world. And then she builds beautiful designs around that to help speak that language on every platform. So if you are starting a new business or if you are in business and want to do a redesign or rebrand, please call Becky. You can find her at beckysgraphicdesign.com and just, you know, give that gift to yourself of at least seeing what's possible 
what's available to you through her work. And I mean, literally, like I said, she's a one taker. She'll send me the first, you know, first three options. And I always pick one of them because she's just so yeah. spot on. It usually takes two or three before we get to the one, but it, they, we, we're right, usually in the right direction, which is within that part. top three. Yeah. Within that yeah, top three, yeah. you've yeah. nailed it. Yeah. Well, thank <laughs> you. you. Know. I appreciate your support. You're so, you're so, you're so uh, wonderful in your compliments. Thank you, dear. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's just, you know, it's it's just the truth. I just speak the truth. All right, ladies. Well, <laughs> yeah, you're awesome. All right. Well, thanks again for being with me today. Thanks for, you know, all of the insight and the wisdom that you imparted on these ladies. And uh, we oh, will. Great. I appreciate it. Yeah, we will look forward to having you on again. And uh, you ladies, thanks for listening today. We hope this has been valuable and helpful for you. And remember, whatever you do out there, don't quit. All right, we'll talk to you next time. Have a great day. Ladies, if you'd like to go a little deeper with me, I've got a few options for you. I offer an annual retreat every year to the best kept secret in the Tampa Bay area, a quaint little town called Safety Harbor. I take a handful of ladies there once a year at the top of the year so that we can start the year off with incredible intention, with peace and a calm like you've never known before. So come join me on retreat. And I also offer an annual symposium where we all come together as a group and we enjoy a great day of incredible training, insights, perspectives, and we have a lot of fun. And then nowadays you can find me at thelonelyentrepreneur.com. I've teamed up with Michael Dermer there and I offer once a month some live online training. And that is a one-stop shop for entrepreneurs to get every business answer you can think of. So you're no longer searching for a la carte information, but you can go there and actually find immediate answers to any business need or challenge that you have. All right, I'll see you online. You can check it all out at ladylikeleaders.com.